Welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I'm my good buddy, Elke Beltry. Uh, and later on, I might be joined by Ethan Uffin, but not right now. Ethan's doing things. And so right now, Elkin and I are about to preview a series, a final series that is uh, happening. You might be listening to it today uh, for you. We're recording it the day before. Um, and Elkin, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that this is the matchup that we've ended up with. With the way this postseason has gone, there's a lot of ways that it could have got, like, we could have had a matchup that I would have been dissatisfied with. I am very satisfied with this finals. I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Yeah, I'm excited with this final. It kind of feels like these, I'm okay with these teams because I feel like these teams are good representatives of their conferences. Like, as far as, I think you, at some point in the season, you can consider them to be the best team for their conference. Like outside of what we're talking about now, playoffs are the best team to come out of each conference. But during the regular season, at one point I was like, you could have said, yeah, the Celtics. I mean, we know how the Celtics started, but they got red hot and people were like, there's the number one team. I mean, they did get up there in rankings. And then the Warriors, they, of course, started, I believe, actually the Warriors overall they kind of had some some players I've worried about them like with some players going in and out but they were kind of just like we're just gonna hum let these younger guys develop and here they are I didn't know I didn't know if what you were I didn't know if you're referring to uh, when you said there's a matchup you liked I don't know if you're referring to like the alternative matchup like Maverick versus heat I don't know if you're referring to that or just other stuff yeah. like okay so there's a couple things here and and Ethan don't listen to this part of the podcast um, but I, like the heat, I there's parts I like. I cannot take Kyle Lowry at all. I know that we have like you know it's a Spider-Man meme of him and Draymond. Oh my uh, sorry, God. sorry, uh, Marcus, Marcus Smart and Draymond and uh, Kyle Lowry all kind of staring at each other with a with a injured Blake Griffin staring at you know from from beyond too. Like, it, like they're all the same, but. Like, Kyle Lowry's become the worst. Like, it's all he does. It's, it's his entire game is that. Uh, and Ethan would agree with me on that point, at least. Um, uh, but just Miami, their half-court offense is always just a, a travesty. If it's not, if it's not um, uh, Jimmy Butler just making incredibly difficult, you know, bubble and this playoff run when he went crazy, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Butler uh, shots, then they've Miami's just dead in the water. Same thing if it's like, you know, Bam will have his aggressive game of a series and then it's done. I just, I don't need to see that right now. Like I need to see, I need to see them again next year when they make their upgrade that will help in the off the ways of their offense. And then I'll, I'll be ready to go uh, and, and get on board with watching Miami again. I, I enjoyed their run um, a couple of years ago in the bubble. But just not here for it as much this year. For Luca, it's great, but I would have felt a little bit weird with him. Oh, like he's the guy, like he's awesome, he's amazing. But the rest of that team just isn't there, isn't ready for it. And I would have felt a little bit, I don't know, like gross. It might have felt like 2007 Cavaliers going to the finals, yeah, where you're like, like, where you're like the one, it. you're like the one player who led them to the finals was really, really great generational player. But then when they get to the finals, you're kind of like, oh, my goodness. Well, this wasn't pretty. I don't need Booby Gibson. I don't need, uh, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> leading Gibson. the run. Like, like uh, we yeah. need to – there needs to be some upgrades made. I hope that they make them too, and I'm happy to, to, to see it again. But like you said, like the, the Golden State Warriors, especially coming out of the gate, were thought to be, wow, this is like the best team in the NBA right now. Like them or Phoenix, right? If Phoenix had the run, I would I would have loved to see Phoenix there. Obviously, that didn't end up quite the way that we wanted, um, or at least not the way I wanted. Would have been fine seeing, um, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, but you know, injury led them astray. With 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 Boston, there's an argument that you know they're running the second half of the season. Like once they started hitting their run. All of the models. Nate Silver's going crazy for for Boston, giving giving them like the highest percentage out of anyone. Like back in January, of you know being able to uh, you know make and win the finals, and we were we, we were laughing at him then. Not so much now. Uh, but Boston's defense is legit. 
so where's the Golden State Warriors? You look at these two teams, and their, um, uh, I think, defensive rating, uh, I'd have to go in and look, um, but I'm pretty sure that they were, like, I think they ended up, like, one and two by, by, by the end, or maybe if there's a certain cutoff time, you know, point in time, although I don't know if, if it really overlapped, like, by the time the Celtics started picking it up, uh, there was kind of a lull with, with, you know, Draymond's injury, at least uh, for, for, for the Golden State Warriors. By the but way, uh, these I, will, two... I would like to confirm, you are correct, Warriors were okay. one, and Celtics were two. There you go. So, like, it's... But, like, the Warriors were, like, really, really good to start, you know, d- defensively to start um, at the beginning of the year, uh, back when the they were calling it in... You know, they were, they were calling things tightly on the perimeter, and it was like, oh, the defensive rule changes or or emphasis. Uh, but then that kind of let, let go after the whole COVID thing kind of went through. And then as Boston gets Derek White in there uh, and, and, and gets rid of, you know, worthless players, Dennis Schroeder, uh, you know, they, they were able to just have this have this switching defense identity. They came into it, shout out Ime Udoka and the rest of those guys for making it happen. But... W- these two teams being one or two in defense, it makes me look at it and maybe wrongly, but it, it makes me want to focus in on the defensive end. How do these teams plan on defending one another? Uh, because, you know, as, as a coach, you know, I, one of the things I think of is like, man, I could run all this great stuff on offense, but like, I feel like some of that's uncontrollable because guess what? If the team goes and decides they're running a zone, all the sweet stuff that I had planned. Now I can't run offensively. Like as a high school basketball coach, uh, defensively, it's like I can control that. I can decide what I do defensively in, in order to try to make the other team, uh, you know, kind of uh, – I, I can I can force them into things, right? Um, and so defensively in those matchups is kind of where I would like to begin to focus, if, if, if that's okay with you. I think, I think you want to talk about that too, right? Yeah, that's right. I definitely want to talk about – I think that's pretty much just the most curious thing I have right now for the finals – just those defensive matchups. So looking at um, Boston, the thing that we know about them defensively is they are like, they go a solid, what, seven, seven deep of, of solid plus positive defenders. You know, maybe it's six and a half if Robert Williams isn't quite right. We'll have to see uh, like he's, his knee is, it might be an every other game type thing like it was in the conference finals for him. Uh, um, which, which, yeah, but he hasn't had as much time off that he has now before these finals start. No, this is true. Like le- leading up to the conference finals, it was every other day, so that that was tough for for anyone um, uh, in in either series there. Um, but yeah, so Robert Williams there. You got Derek White, who I think is a helpful. Um, you know, he's a solid defender. I think he'll be helpful in this series in uh, with. Uh, as helpful as one can be against Steph Curry and uh, Jordan Poole. But you've got, you know, that that type of a guy out there. Um, that's probably as much as he can take as far as, like, the guys who I think will be on the floor for for the um, for the Warriors. Marcus Smart, um, I think, is ideal uh, for Steph Curry. If you're, if you're looking at, like, just, like, matchups and who who's on who. You know, Al Horford, you'll have to figure out, you know, am I, am I putting him on Draymond? Um, or, you know, I think one of the bigs goes on Draymond. The other big, if they're both playing, goes on Wiggins um, because you're probably, uh, I, I, I don't know, it, it, it depends, you know, who they throw out there. Um, maybe it's Looney if, if you know, Looney's out there too. Um, but then you got Jalen, uh, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum to defend and you can piece them and put them where you'd like to. One of them's going to be on Clay. I think that's Jalen Brown. Um, I think that's the, that's the primary primary matchup. But with Jason Tatum, you've got options, right? If you want to put him on Draymond, just because you want to keep him involved in the actions and store Horford or Rob Williams out on Wiggins because you don't think he's going to be quite as involved, you can do that. If you want to put him on Wiggins, you can do that too. Um, there's a lot of options, but I don't know how much of it matters like primary matchup for matchup as from Boston's perspective because they switch so much because they'll want to mitigate and remove some of those screening actions that the Warriors are going to do. If, if you, and so that makes me think that they'll probably have at, you know, the matchup be Tatum on 
Draymond because Draymond's going to be involved in so many of those. And if Steph Curry's flying off of Draymond's screen, whether on ball or off ball, you can switch those, right? Or whether it's, you know, if, and I'll, I'll repeat something that Steve Jones Jr. says a bunch uh, on the dunker spot. If, if Kevon Looney is on the perimeter, the only reason he's out there is for, uh, is to screen Steph Curry to free him open or, or, or uh, you know, Clay Thompson or whoever else. Like, he's not out there to shoot the ball, but you can't just sag off of him. You have to be up and because that 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 screen's coming and you're gonna you're gonna you know hand down man down you're gonna be you're gonna be a world of hurt so like whoever's on those guys just gotta gotta keep that in mind gotta remember um and i think that you probably have marcus smart on steph and you're you're comfortable with whatever the that he's not going to get beat on any steph switches um that happen because those screening actions i think that's probably the way that they handle it by having um Tatum there but there's not tons of weak spots in this Boston uh you know they're not going to run tons of guys out there that are going to be weak um except for Peyton Pritchard maybe right or you know Tice if you don't have uh and any you know Robert Williams but it's the the way that they decide to go about defending those switches those particular uh actions whether it's off ball or on ball um I'm, I'm curious how they'll handle it and if it will just be a switch or if they'll try to uh, mix things up from time to time. Um, we'll, ha- we'll have to see. Yeah, because you brought up the whole Tatum thing because I can just see the Warriors trying to say, hey, let's do some some high screen and roll action with Draymond Green. I know that's one of the things they enjoy doing is doing that with Steph and Draymond Green. And it makes sense to put a strong defender on Draymond. Yeah. <sighs> Now, I'm thinking about the Warriors' action, the way that they run their action, how they try to get players free. Because with the Celtics, it's going to be really hard. Like, even if you have a guy like Grant Williams out there, like, I've seen him, like, hold his own on the perimeter. Like, you would think, like, yeah, he's not a tall guy, but he's a bigger guy. But he holds his own. Like, he has positioning. And, man, if Robert Williams is healthy, I trust him out in the perimeter. Like, if he gets switched, like, not for an entire possession, but a few seconds, hold your own. Just make sure you keep the guy in front of you as best as you can. And with the Warriors, like, I think they're going to have to, let's just say say the Celtics keep doing switches. Like, the Warriors are going to have to get creative with how they run offense or or finally realize that we we can't chase our matchups like we normally would. Because we really pretty much have Steph who can beat people off the dribble, but we don't have anyone else. And if I think about it, I mean, if you get Marcus Smart starting on it, so let's just say you get Jason Tatum that switches on it. Like Jason Tatum, I think he's been improving defensively like year after year, and he's a long athlete. Like that's the thing with with Tatum. For me, with Tatum, Brown, and Williams, if he's healthy, you have like longer guys who are yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I I, I, you know, I agree with that. And I forgot to mention Grant Williams on there. I think he's another candidate for uh, on Draymond um, in particular. Um, and, like, that's just going to be – they're going to annoy each other, like, texts and flagrants and whatever else. And, and Draymond's close to the f- flagrant limit, so that's going to be a, a thing to keep an eye on too. And, um, I mean, don't know and when. I mean, for the Celtics, that's fine because they, they'll take losing Grant Williams for a little bit if it means – Draymond's yeah, gone. Yeah, Draymond's gone too. Um, the only yeah, the only thing we're just like for Jason Tatum, if you put him on Draymond, he's involved in a lot on that end, and maybe you don't want to expend all that energy there, um, because of the, of the switching that uh, the Celtics do as well. They do a good job of keeping Robert Williams available as a weak side help defender. But if you're Golden State, like we mentioned, if you can find ways to to get him out I, I think he can do okay i don't know with his knee if he can do that well on the perimeter um but if you can start getting him pulling up there so he's not able just to, to remain and stay switching to, to remain weak side uh you know clean clean things up clean up the slips that end up uh making their way through um uh you know pa- pa- past the first you know switch on on, on defense um if he's if he if you can pull him out from that responsibility in some way and get creative there, which I think the Warriors, with the way that they run offense, I, I think that that's possible. Um, yeah, th- th- those are some of the things I'm looking for, at least on that end of the floor. Um, 
on the other end of the floor. I mean, I think, I think for me, like it's just hard right now because I'm trying to think. Because you have two, like you mentioned, defensive rating before we got into this. They're one and two, but I gotta give props too. I mean, the with the words and how they how they run their offense, I feel like they'll find a way to still make it work. And I'm curious to see. So we saw Jordan Poole pretty much from the first round. I would say as as we got later into the playoffs, decrease like his playing time decrease. I'm curious to see how he's used if the if the Warriors decide to use him a lot because I think defensively was is that the word that they have with Jordan Poole is just like defensively how he's gonna be able to oh, hold yeah. his own because I think I mean that... he he's a traffic cone. I mean you you, you saw like it, throughout these playoffs once teams began to to figure out oh I can just. I can just go at him, right? You saw Jaw do that. But you also started seeing, like, other guys, non-notable players, like Reggie Bullock just saying, oh, okay, let me just, like, I'm known just to catch a shoot guy. Let me just let me attack this, this man. And that's difficult because what you don't have, the, one of the reasons why Golden State's defense is so good is, yes, you have a lot of the wing, def- like, wing defenders. You have, um, uh, so you have Andrew Wiggins, who's, who's your, like the guy who I think you're probably stashing on 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 Tatum and saying, hey, you know, do your best to make life dif- life difficult for him. That was the task. Him on on Luca last, you know, last. Um, and, and it's it's a perfect guy for it because you know, he can give you a little bit on offense, but you don't have to worry. Like he's not going to crowd your space offensively because he's capable on that end. But he doesn't have to have the responsibility of of defending. Um, you know, as you know. He doesn't have to have responsibility, that responsibility on both ends of the floor. He can just focus all of his energies defensively. Um, uh, I think you're, you're there. You have Clay Thompson, who's not been the best, um, at least on ball. Uh, off ball, he's been okay. Uh, and and uh, Draymond, of course, Kevon Looney, um, you know, those guys have, have done really well. And Steph's done really well, too. Like, Steph did a really, really good job on Desmond Bain. Granted, Bain was injured in that, in that Grizzlies series. Uh, he can chase guys around. He's very good positionally. His problem is going to be when with the you know any added extra physicality that you might end up having, and so because of that, they want to avoid switching with him. Um, one of the things that you saw a bunch uh, with within I guess some of the um, like series earlier, like you you look at how they handled Luca, like it was just a hey I'm gonna. I'm going to hedge out and I'm going to recover, right? And um, that's just, you know, try, try, try to slow it up a little bit, make him go around you and recover. And I think that's probably the way that they're going to try to handle any anything with their bigs. I don't know if you if it's, hey, we'll stash you on smart and, you know, do the best you can. I don't know if that's going to be the matchup. My, my guess is that it, it would be. Um, or if Derek White's out there, you can have him, you know, you can, you can be on either one of those two guys. I, I just, for me, I just look at Golden State and the, the thing that worries me about them and makes me inclined to pick Boston in this series is on the defensive end where I think Poole is a little bit exploitable. And not that Steph's bad, but I don't think that what Steph is good at defensively, um, I'm not sure that I find, like, he's great for defending someone like Desmond Bain. I don't see that person on uh, you know for Boston where he's able to be a a positive in that regard um like he was against against the grizzlies he was i, I don't know maybe maybe he will be but i just i just don't know if i trust the warriors on on that and maybe maybe that shouldn't matter regardless i think this is a seven game series and i i don't feel confident or comfortable <laughs> like any any direction that i go i will say I am I am interested to see how the Warriors, because it seems like the Warriors in their matchups in the playoffs, they face teams that have had either significant injury or we have a team like Dallas who mainly just has like one player they really had to worry about. Like I feel like with Boston, they're gonna have there's gonna be several. Go ahead. You can you can make the same argument for Boston, right? Um, but but yeah, like this is the first team that they're encountering. Where and I think you could make the case that same thing, you know, similar things 
for Boston, Miami had their issues, um, and you know. But I, I, will I suppose say, the Nets have I mean, their issues. But the one one thing I've also been trying to figure out, and like sometimes the basketball, there's just so many so many different factors. So there many different things. I'm like, does it really going to make much of a difference? And then I look at it as how much weight should we put in that the core of the Warriors has been to all these finals together? Six finals together, those three guys, and you have Boston, those guys are entering their first finals. How much of a difference will that make as we get the series going? Because I feel like once you've been there, it's easy to figure out how, what type of pacing, how we need to play these games and go. But then it could just be that Boston has just been extremely prepared for this. It is right now. I think you're leaning. I think you told me you're leaning more towards Boston. Right now, I'm having a hard time picking because I see, like, I know we kind of talked about the ways that Boston is going to deal with the Warriors, how they can exploit the Warriors' defense. But I mean, I feel like the Warriors are going to be able to counter it several times. And I mean, I have faith in both of these coaches to make adjustments. I know people like to like to bring Steve Kerr down because they're like, oh, he's been blessed with Steph Curry. But I mean, at the end of the day, guys who are blessed with superstars still have to coach them and lead lead them in some sort of way. And I think, yeah, go ahead. Now, I was like, pe- people like like to get on on Steve Kerr. I've done it before too. It's like, why don't you do more of this? But a lot of times we've said, you know, well, why don't you do more high pick and roll with Steph and Draymond? Like, why don't you do more of that during the regular season? And and my guess is that it's just like, hey, it's not the time. But the finals might be the time where, uh, you know, if you need to be, because both of these, both of these teams, and you, you mentioned it before, like, like the thing that's going to be brought up with Boston is, oh, well, you know, they haven't been here before. And, you know, are they going to be, you know, test the moment. And Boston, like they always do, is for an entire quarter going to forget how to play basketball. Like it's go- like they're going to just have that time where they're kind of stuck in the mud. People are going to look at that and point to it and say, oh, see, they're not ready. But, but you could look at the same thing. The Warriors don't take care of the basketball very well either. Like, they will, they, they will be careless. They lost a 50-point game. Like, a game by 50 points, uh, you know, two rounds ago. And that's just, it, it's going to happen too. And against both these defenses, like, you're just going to find yourself. And because the the nature of, you know, with, with this motion offense, like, there's a lot, a lot of extra passing, a lot of things like that that are going to happen and go on. Uh, that end up leading to turnovers. Um, and, you know, Boston, they don't have the traditional point guard who's going to take care of the ball. And I would argue that in the way that that um, uh, Golden State goes about their offense too, they don't really have a traditional point guard in, in, in that sense either, kind of like, uh, you know, the Mavs might or uh, in, in Luka or, or the Suns might in, in Chris Paul, where... They're gonna because of they're those guys are masters with the ball. They have the ball in their hands a lot in the way that they run things. Like I just think that there's gonna be a lot of turnovers, and we just gotta remember that when it happens, it's gonna happen to both teams, and it's not necessarily inexperience uh, that's going to lead to that issue for Boston. Um, the just the thing that worries me about Boston offensively is the way that they do end up in tough shot making situations and it's going to be did the, did the ball go in or did the ball not go in was it was it a, a, a tough shot that you was you know that that you made or oh are they settling for long twos or are they settling for threes or you, you're pretty gonna much have a lot of that yeah pretty much make uh, or miss pretty much here you go jason tatum go ahead yeah. step back three let's yeah. see what we got during this time people people are going to question their process i think at times in this series, but I think it's good. I think it's go seven. I think it goes seven. I, I definitely and think I did, I could see it going going the distance with these teams. I mean, seeing, I hope it does. Seeing the path that they got, and and I hope we get some good close games. I don't want like the seven game series that it's like one team wins big here, one team wins big there. But some series like that turn out memorable. A like sometimes I think about 2016 NBA Finals that went seven. People are like, oh, that was such an epic series. But if you look at the box scores. And we'll go back to those games. Those are pretty much blowouts. Like I believe, like every game was close to like a a pretty significant lead from one team, the team that won, except for the seventh game, which is what people remember. So and and in that seventh game, like you had just awful basketball. Oh my goodness! Basically for for that for that final stretch, no uh, one no one could make shots. It was yeah. just a 
don't worry. I mean, the Heat and Celtics already gave us a few of those games in the conference finals where everyone's just throwing rocks at the hoop. Um, but I do think both of these teams are going to ride to the occasion. I mean, that's the thing's going to happen. Now, as far as the winner, huh, part of me does does think that Boston is going to be winning. But then the other part of me is like, man, what happened if this is a series that we really see Steph Curry finally go off in the finals? Because we have yet to see Steph Curry really go off in the finals. I mean, it may be because he's injured. It may be because the defense is literally skewed towards him. It may be things aren't working. Or it just may be like, hey, I have someone else on my team like Kevin Durant who I know can just do a lot of the heavy lifting. But part of me is like, Steph is going to go off on this series. And they're just going to be like, oh, okay, this is the stuff we've been waiting for in the finals. And th that's where I just keep going back to. I mean, you, you're better. I, I know you just didn't pick like Celtics. You did, I know you just didn't go like Celtics. That's it. Final answer. That's no, it. No, I mean, yeah. th I, like the one thing that I'm convinced on that I will be shocked if it's not the case is that the series, I think the series goes long. Like that's what I think is going to happen. Um, that, and that's what I'm, what I'm predicting more than anything. Uh, I just, I, I just think that the weak spots for Boston aren't there as much uh, as I think defensively they can be for Golden State, like in individually. And if you find that we can't play pool as much, then now we're taking a weapon away offensively. Like if we if we think that you know pool can't keep up on on, on the defensive end, I I don't know what what Kerr will will do because now you have Gary Payton the second back. Shout out, I'm glad he's back. Um, but. Uh, like, I don't know how much you need him for Marcus Smart, but uh, good to have him back. But but maybe it's like, hey, we just need defense. Uh, we need to be able to, if we can stop these guys in the mud, you know, Steph's enough. Um, or, you know, Clay can get hot for, you know, uh, even if he's forcing too much and at some point. So he can get hot. We, we, we've seen that. We've seen game six Clay before. So I, I, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. I'm expecting... Steph to have a ridiculous game. Clay to have at least one ridiculous game. I'm leaning more towards both teams win at the other team's arena, and we go to game five tied up 2-2. That's where I'm at. Like, like, I would not be surprised if the Celtics came out and just won game one just outright, but then Boston went back and – Sorry, and Warriors come back and win like games two and three, and then Celtics tied up in game four, and we have something like that. Like that is, that is something that I view the series going like. I'm not going to be surprised by any result early on, <laughs> unless it's Warriors, I, I think, Warriors, 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 like think, or, or Boston, I was Boston, say, Boston, Boston, Boston. I was going like, to say a sweep is unless the one it goes four. If yeah, it's a like, sweep, that, I'm just going to be like, what? I'm unprepared for. I am unprepared for that. And if it's a sweep, here's the thing: if it's a sweep, I'm kind of like, you know what? I should have seen it coming with. With some of these games are just being blowouts, so we haven't had really close games. I mean, besides like Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, and some games in the first round, everything's been like blowouts. Even the first round had blowouts. So, but we'll see how it goes. But I think seven game series, though. Yep. All right. For, for first game Thursday night. Looking forward Thursday to night. it. Uh, Thursday night. Su that Sunday game two. Man, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have uh, graduation. So I'm gonna be like. Turning off my phone, doing all that stuff, and trying to rewatch it, and, and, and you know, after good the luck, fact. man. And good luck. That's like the hardest. That's always tough because I'm, I'm going to do that and be successful, and then you know, at the graduation line, some kids going to have had it pulled you, up. You know, that's going to happen during Someone, the service. A kid or and a parent. Like, can you can you believe it? Can you believe that Steph went? And I was gonna be like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Uh, I understand, but Richard. It's been nice. Glad I was able to hop on on the. I mean, for you, it's not really a late pod. For me, it's, it's not that late for me right now, but it's, it's, it's later six, for you. It's six o'clock for me. It's yeah. I got to be up at four thirty, so Oof. I'm like, I'm like, uh, let me try to get to bed soon. But I was like, let me hop on. I didn't want, I didn't want Richard running the, the one man show. I thought I'd have to do it. I thought I'd have to do it. Um, although I think Ethan's hopping on late tonight, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll hear him. He'll probably probably be the next um next thing you hear, but. Nice. Uh, Elkin, thanks for talking, and I guess no I guess we'll get we'll get to things with Ethan. All right, now I'm here with Ethan, and um, well, we we b before we started, uh, I don't know, recording this. Ethan and I were trying to um, work through our 
Purtle strategies. Um, and uh, well, uh, I, I've, I've hit a cliff. And so if there are times where Ethan's saying things and I just am not listening, it's because I'm trying to make sure that I can get the Purtle in four. All right. And so um, I, I will say it was it's kind of funny. We, we talked about it. I got it with, you know, in probably five minutes. But that does not mean I didn't take the full four guesses. We definitely still like check the boxes, so to speak, on getting through guesses. The funny thing is, Richard, um, we both picked Chicago Bulls to start. We both picked Memphis Grizzlies second. And we both picked San Antonio Spurs third. Now the question is, will you get the whoever team and player the last guy is? That is the question yet to be seen. It is. And uh, you know what? When it happens, um, uh, we'll, you know, maybe if it happens mid pod, you know, you'll be listeners, you'll know, you'll hear. Um, but we're not here to talk about Pirtle. We're here to talk about um, a sad day, a sad time in um, one of Ethan Huffman's uh, um, life at the moment. And that is that the Miami Heat, um, they have, uh, they bowed out of the, of the postseason run. And so I want to talk about, about their run, about um, kind of, how things went for them and uh, what we think it means. So, uh, Ethan, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you do a little ISO here, a little hero ball, um, and uh, we'll give you the floor with the heat. Yeah, well, obviously, definitely not the way I wanted to hear and see and exist amongst the final results of the season. It um, definitely thought this team had all the ability to win an NBA championship, and I think most would agree that that is not an unrealistic option given the fact they were you know a, a jimmy butler decision missed three and a max Struess heel from theoretically going on so there's a lot there's a lot going on that uh, could have changed the trajectory of specifically game seven let alone any game before that um shout out jimmy butler that man is just the one of the baddest dudes you can find just incredible player um, yeah, shout out Eric Spolstra for getting a lot out of a bunch of different players throughout the season. Really good season for the Heat. Um, thought they'd be a good playoff team. Did not pick them for the finals except for like you know some fandom, some fandom gambling. But you know thought it, thought it, thought we were on the way and just fell up, came up a little short. Yeah, I mean, let me just say for the record, I didn't mind the Jimmy three, um, just because. Like you're, you got, you know, you got Horford on his heels and you're going up and you're pulling into it. He had hit one in the first half. Granted, it's at the end of the second half, but guess what? You don't have, like, you go to overtime. Let's say you go in there and get, you know, two points. It's not as if Jimmy's getting fresher as we're going down to, to the overtime. It's like, I don't mind it. You go to win. You don't necessarily go to extend. Um, I, you know, with how much he played. Like, did he even rest at all in that game? I don't. I don't I, know. Not I much, honestly don't think he any. did. I'm gonna pull the box score now. Just to be, and I, I specifically said in my in, a, in a, a specific tweet that I trust Jimmy in every situation, but I didn't like that shot. That doesn't necessarily mean that I was irate and irritated and angry about it. But what it what I did, did mean is I thought. As much as someone, I'm not a momentum person, like I'm not a, you have to just keep rolling with what's working. I thought that there was a really good opportunity for Jimmy to go to the rim there, theoretically also get fouled and win the game there, or also just keep Boston on their heels. They're in the midst of a huge collapse and missing a shot there deflates the entire arena. And again, you don't know that. You don't know how it's going to go. If he makes that shot, the the momentum's hit its apex and the, the the lids blown off the ftx arena in miami so you, it makes sense and i'm not mad about it i just think in that scenario i roll with jimmy at the rim which is what he's one of the best See, I, I just I, I just am not a bit like again i'm not into like the momentum thing i just think it's hey we're down to like 20 seconds left and uh if this shot goes in now we are up one we are in the we are in the driver's seat versus uh versus not right if i go in get a two, uh, and, and only a two, let's say it's not a foul, then now Miami has a whole 20 seconds to go back down and, and get the last shot, and it's not overtime is not guaranteed there either, right? So, uh, granted, you trust your defense and all that stuff, but all it takes is, you know, 
them hitting a hit tough shot too. Uh, and I don't, as much as Scott Foster was trying uh, in that last game, I don't think that you're going to get an N1 in that moment. Um, I don't think they're blowing the whistle um, in, you know, it, unless he missed it, right? It's, it's one of those late whistles that, you know, bounces off the rim and careens off. Oh, foul, right? If anything. And so I don't think you're getting as much as I think. I don't think you're getting that there. And if you call a timeout and try to draw a play, I don't think you're getting a, 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 a more open look than what Jimmy got. It's just, it's just legs and it's in the moment. And yeah, you dribbled into it. I just... For me, I I got I got no qualms with with the attempt. No, good. I, I trust I trust Jimmy. I do have qualms with the NBA and the officials for whatever the world happened on that uh, Max Struess heel. Like I and don't get me wrong, I understand that uh, sometimes someone takes a three and it's a ooh was that toe on the line or was it not on the line? Review it next next dead ball and we'll get that right like that's something that happens frequently what doesn't happen because it totally makes things it makes the game different more so than just a two or a three in the moment like if max drew stepped out and then shot out well guess what guess what there's more time on the clock that now is no longer there like we can't go back and change that that's ridiculous and and so how can you go back in the moment like you know what, like, that's opening so many, like, Zapruder film, like, video messages. Like, you know when Daryl Morey was sending messages or sending things to the league about, like, that's opening a whole can of worms. And, yeah. like, what are we going to do? Like, in golf, sometimes someone will, like, call in and say, oh, actually, this person on this hole or whatever did this one thing, and then you lose a stroke and you lose the play. Like, that happens in a silly sport like golf. In the NBA, where there's... You know, like, you know, it's so continuous. How, how can you do that? How can you go back and change something like that? I don't know. For me, that 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 was that made no sense. And I, I, I cannot defend it. So in all transparency, I watched most of game seven on my phone while at dinner with the friends I was hanging out with in Minneapolis. And I thought I was just having a stroke and missed, missed something because I didn't have any explanation. I obviously didn't have the sound on while I'm at dinner and enjoying time with my friends. But I'm watching the game intensely. Um, and I thought I was just having a stroke because I missed, like, where they come back and um, they're they're talking. I must I missed, like, them showing the foot on the line. I didn't see that until post-game. And I was like, what? Oh, that's where those points went. Now it makes sense. And here's the problem. They really didn't talk about it all that much. I didn't, I didn't like volume is not really the thing I always, like I don't always have my volume up in, in some of these games for a variety of reasons, but like I, I, I haven't seen or heard a good enough explanation for me to be comfortable with, with, with justifying that. I just haven't. And I, I'm not sure what that would be because how can we like, first of all, let's assume that we can do that. Well, why can't, every review then be that quick and easy if we can like like i so there's just so many so many conflicting things there i don't i, I mean i don't want to belabor that tons but you know you look down i at the do end and, and, and <laughs> i mean with the end score is the end score and stuff but like uh you know it's it's a difference of this of that many points and um it just changes the whole thing it changes everything about the game and it just it doesn't seem like you should be able to do that in that type of a of, of a change in that moment. Toe on the line uh, for a you know, 3.2 point decision. Great. Fine. Figure that out real easy. Right. That not so much. And the fact that the review was triggered because they wanted to check if it was a three or a two and the disparity between it being so much a three that he was actually out of bounds, allegedly. Um, why is that what it was? Like, yeah, I, so I, that's okay. That's, that's the explanation that's that I've seen is that it got reviewed because Someone motioned, I'm not sure if it was a two or a three. Oh. And then they're like, oh, he was out of bounds. And like, I'm like, wow, you're a bad official if you can't see that it was a a three <laughs> when you're all the way out of bounds. Yeah. You know. Like when, when I saw he wasn't even close to the three, he wasn't even close to towing the three-point line. And it, it's a whole thing. Anyways, like game, game of inches, right? Kevin Durant's toe last year um, and uh, Max Roos' heel. 
uh, this alleged year. heel. Alleged heel, right? It's not not even the clearest of of like we don't have. It's, it's not like the NFL where you have like the pylon cam going down. You know, it's it's uh, anyways. Um, so the Heat end up in a spot, and again, like I, I said this before, I didn't quite think the Heat had the firepower. Yes, by the end of it, it's like. It's kind of a toss-up. Who, who who could win the championship this year? It could be any one of six teams, and you know, at the end, you could convince me. The Heat were very borderline on that, just because I didn't believe in their half-court offense. And I think, of course, you know, point to Tyler Hero is injured, yes, but also like all the teams are having all the injuries and all the issues and stuff because of the silly, silly nature of the every other day, uh, you know, games within the conference finals. Um, but you look to Tyler Hero, and it's like, okay, well, well, that's missing. But at the same time, Tyler Hero becomes, if you have Tyler Hero out there, your defense is not um, to the level that, that, that it was. And it, you begin to wonder, it's like, well, what, what can we do? I, I look at it this way. The Miami Heat have built up, you know, their, you know, and building, getting all these pieces together to make a, try, try to win the finals. And they've gotten their defense to such a great spot but it's like it, the offense isn't quite enough. We need a little bit more. But how do you do that? How do you do that while maintaining your defense? Because I look out there and it's like, okay, well, uh, is it Tyler Hero somehow taking a leap? He thinks he deserves more time. He thinks he deserves to start. Is it trading um, a, a package where maybe it includes Hero in some first or something for like a Donovan Mitchell? Because there's that rumor has been out there for ages, right? Uh, you got D Wade sitting with with Miami Heat garb, even though being partial ownership or whatever he is with the Utah Jazz, it's weird. Um, it, it does him coming in, he he had some major issues on that end, on the defensive end. Do you think it's just, hey, we can, we can, he brings enough offensively that it can cover, we can cover it up defensively with everyone else, maybe. Um, I, I don't quite know how to go with it. Is it, is it going after a Zach Levine via sign and trade? And trying to you know make something like that because he's going to be exploring his options and Miami's always always a player. And if he says, "Hey, I want to go to Miami," well, guess what? You've got the pieces to to make it work and probably make Chicago play ball um, in in the way of picks and hero and you have matching salary that you need. I, there's ways. Yeah, Kyle Lowry can can have a a, a poster stamp <laughs> to his I don't, massive I, 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 behind I, I, if he's uh, if he's on. I, I'm okay with that. I was thinking it was probably going to be – Jimmy's probably thinking more Duncan Robinson. Um, that's fair too. Why not both? No. I, th- I, think, I think it's – I don't think it's quite the package you're imagining, but I understand the sentiment anyways. Um, uh, do you think that type of move is – I don't even know if we can even consider it, but it feels like that's the type of thing that has to happen. I don't know. Like you can maybe try to run it back, but it seems like – this was the year to maybe sneak one, and it seems unlikely that you'd be able to do that, be able to sneak one like that two years in a row, unless we are in a completely different era. I don't know. Yeah, and inevitably, you, everything you're saying about the Heat's uh, shortcomings are correct, and what they need to do while maintaining this really sound defensive identity, it's it's all it's all ringing true. And I you know, I always do wonder if guys like Donovan Mitchell, probably not as much as Zach Levine because he's shown over many years that he is not a competent defensive player whereas Don Mitchell came in the league with some expectation to be a defensive player I do wonder if he was you know removed with some of the tax of constant creation and you know him and Jimmy can do a little bit more split time if you could see a um a reinvestment on that side of the ball from him um like I, I look at guys like you know <laughs> like Max Shrews and I look at Gabe Vincent and like those guys weren't supposed to be good defenders. Those guys were brought in to be high volume three point shooters, and both those guys I think hold up pretty credibly on that end of the floor at this stage. So like, I always have a little bit more hope for anyone who has some shortcomings defensively if they come to the Miami Heat that they will get the you'll get the most out of them you can defensively. Yeah, I feel like if I was the Heat, I might, I, depending on the knee, I might prefer more of a Levine thing. We've talked about that before, like oh, over I the love, years. I've wanted Zach Levine in a heat uniform longer than Jimmy Butler's been in one. Yes. And so like just in, because as, as much as I know that you want to ship Kyle Lowry out, I still think Kyle Lowry's there. Um, 
And and I think uh, I think part of the issues with Donovan Mitchell has been that oh it's Donovan Mitchell and another small dude out there. Um, and while Kyle Lowry obviously can defend up a little bit and all that, like it's it's still it's like we still don't have quite as much size as maybe we would like to have. Um, oh, indeed, out there. So it, I, I may prefer more of a of a Levine thing. And here's the thing: Levine looked competent it when he had. Uh, Lonzo Caruso, Bird Lonzo Dog Caruso, right? Yeah, and so like you can do that if you don't have to have him. Like you've got the guys who you can cover. I think well better for Levine. It knees an issue, and also the desire to you know sign and trade all that stuff. The hard cap. Uh, PJ Tucker's not getting younger, but regardless, um, I think that I think it's something's going to happen with them. I don't exactly know what, but but I think something's going to happen with them. Um, this uh, this offseason. Yeah, and we, we can't speculate too much right now. There's a lot of things there. Keep in mind, it was only two years ago that the, the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors executed a sign-in trade for D'Angelo Russell, who then a year later was traded for Andrew Wiggins, who is now part of an NBA Finals roster. Like, things can happen and shake up so dramatically, and moves that make zero sense, like D'Angelo Russell playing uh, on the Warriors made uh, zero sense. I mean, it made sense. It made sense. In the, it made in the sense ways... to preserve the cap. Exactly. Like, roster-wise, it made zero exactly. sense. So, so well, of course, but, like, you know, we, we all saw it, and somehow Steve Kerr was able to, uh, you know, do his best to try to talk through it and, you know, ma- ma- make things sound all great and, uh, and, and found a sucker. Um, and so... Oh, yep. man, that's a, that's an awful trade. Awful trade. Feel feel pretty good because I feel I feel pretty. I remember at the time was like, you know what? There's a lot of it's like you know getting Wiggins and the pick. Oh man. Um, yeah, you're looks, getting you're getting looks... basically a wash of players, two losers. Um, but one of them hey, is a really good hey, athlete. Hey, hey, that's that's uh, um, all star uh, Andrew Wiggins to you. Anyways, that, that's um, all star D'Angelo Russell to you. <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> those all-star things matter. All star, all star starter. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, what what do you? I mean, sad to see the Heat go. What do we? What do we think? What are we seeing uh, in this? You know, Elkin and I covered uh, it a little bit. But what is what is standing out to you, or what are you looking for in this uh, upcoming series? I think we got to look at what's the comparables between the Heat and Warriors defensively, because that's the, that's the way that they. Like them replicating a lot of what the Heat did, or attempting to replicate what the Heat did, is is something they're gonna need to do. I personally think that whoever won this Eastern Conference series is the better, t- is like very much equipped to to beat the Warriors. Not necessarily because of some kind of they're that much better team. I just happen to think with the size point guard to center that the Celtics and Heat both possess. Heat primarily it's Bam. And then, like, Kyle Lowry plays big, Tucker plays big, Bam, Jimmy plays big. Like, Struess was, like, really their only guy who doesn't really play bigger than he is. Um, Similar with the Celtics. From Derek White, who I loathe entirely, Marcus Smart, who I would smite if I had the chance, and Peyton Pritchard, who just seeing his face irritates me, um, even though he is an Oregon guy. Westland, shout out. Um I loathe the Celtics and their players, but their process is sound. They will they will get in your jersey and really harass you. They can't call them all as a philosophy. And similar to what the Heat do, like they are going to give the Warriors all the matchup problems you can ask for. The thing is, inevitably, Curry is incredible. I really think that Derek White, with the way he was able to chase Struess around screens, constantly bothering him on shots, I think he provides an interesting tool for the Steph Curry defense that most teams that have ever played a Steph Curry team in the playoffs haven't had consistently. How do you feel about that specific matchup? No, I mean, I mean, I, I like, I like it. I, I. What I like a lot about the Celtics team is that you've got a lot of times like maybe you've got the one guy who you think who can cover you know Steph for the Warriors, but then it's like oh man that guy can't play he can't cover that for forty eight minutes so what are we gonna do and now it's like okay we go from you know Marcus Smart to Derek White 
uh, and you've got that, and and that, that that's incredibly helpful. I don't want to see Peyton Pritchard. I don't think he deserves any time unless unless it is uh, garbage time. Um, unfortunately, I do think you'll see him at some, you know for a little bit, and I think it'll go poorly uh, for the Celtics in that in that stint. Um, but the the thing that uh, I I think that they'll probably defend a little bit differently. Um, depending on if it's Derek White covering um, Steph versus if it's um, uh, Marcus Smart just because of the switchability that Smart has. And one of the things I was talking with Elkin about is like, hey, well, do you put like Tatum or do you put someone else on Draymond who might be one of the guys maybe in those primary actions who you can switch and you can switch Smart, you know, and and, and Tatum and and, and hope to, you know, maintain and be fine. but with with Derek White, it's more of the all right. We're chasing off ball. We're doing we're doing all that stuff. And at that point in time, the thing that's helpful is hey, guess what? Horford, uh, in that regard, is can can play in a variety of defensive ways. And so that that's super helpful. Um, the the thing which you said initially, it's like, well, can Golden State replicate what Miami did? The issue that I see with that is like. Where does Jordan Poole fit in that? Because I don't see it, and and if you're doing Jordan Poole and um and Steph Curry together, Steph Curry's not a bad defender. But what I said earlier is I don't see like he was able to chase Bane around because he can navigate screens, do all that stuff really well. But I don't see the matchup where he's that impactful defensively in this one. It doesn't matter for guarding Marcus Smart, and so uh, it just I don't see where he ends up being a positive. And if you have, if you're playing Jordan Poole, they can't do what Miami was able to do and, and really clog it up and make it a slog and make it a, um, you know, a half court nightmare. And so, I, that's that's what led me to Boston in seven because I don't see that's where I see there being some issues for Golden State. Yeah, you're you're echoing all my thoughts, um, which you know annoying for the podcast listeners but you know theoretically sound analysis i i i'm leaning boston in six i've had it whoever whoever won the east was going to win the finals as soon as i watched just how rugged and good defensively both these teams had the capacity of being and you know <laughs> the warriors have draymond green who is such a, a an engine of a defense coaches everyone gets them in the right spots they have a guy like andrew wiggins who i really do think can can body up and take on that mantle like hey i got to be the dude to keep tatum from just going off or to slow jalen brown from whatever he's doing when he, if he gets a little hot and then you got you know maybe the the corpse of Otto porter who can maybe give you a couple quarters of slowing someone down then that might be enough to win a game but you're right richard the guys who are going to make this offense work for the Warriors and give them a chance of just outscoring the Celtics, it, it's Poole and Steph and Clay, Clay. But Clay's not a great defender either. He's still going to positionally be sound, but he's not the fleet of foot. Like you can, yeah, you can put him on Jalen and hope that Jalen's handle's not tight. But he's not like J- like you don't have the Victor Oladipo like quick hands stealing the ball. You don't have the Jimmy Butler just give me that kind of guy. Like that's not that's not Clay. Clay's always just been in the right position and tall. And and the other thing is like if for for the Warrior not for sorry for the Heat, um, you know obviously like like I heard this in podcast like hey if, if they can't call them all right so like if Oladipo's reaching in and trying to you know get steals every time, like they can't call everyone and if they do guess what he goes to the bench and and you got what what. Caleb Martin coming in, right? So, oh, and I wish or, he would have played in Game Seven. I, 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 he sh- yeah, he should he should have played more. But like, you got those other guys who can, um, uh, you know, make make their way um, uh, onto the floor, and, and and hopefully, you know, you know, Gabe, Gabe Vincent or whoever whoever else it is. Like, you've got those bodies. If uh, Clay starts doing that, for example, and let's say Clay gets a couple couple fouls, like. Are we, are we going to trust Moses Moody? Are we going to trust? Um, it starts getting pretty small. And this is where I was a little bit, I was like, you know, the and maybe as, uh, you know, the, the Pistons family was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe they should trade for, you know, Jeremy Grant or something like that. And, and they've been very adamant in like saying, oh, you know, look how great we are. We, we are, we've, we've held on to our young guys and Jordan pulls the bridge between the old and, and, and the young and, 
and we're able to continue our our excellence all the way forward. But what if you what if what if they're one guy short here because they didn't make a make a trade even if it was just a like I think the Pistons trade, um, not even including Kaminga or maybe even Moody, just like Wiseman and a little like a little extra matching salary. I think the Pistons do that for Jeremy Grant. And imagine having him as an option here, right, or something or something like that. I yeah, like I worry they're a little bit short. We're, we're talking about these fringy style moves of like how do you fit to beat every team, not just you know the team. Think about the Rockets, uh, James Harden Rockets, right? That team was manufactured to beat the Warriors. They, they, they were still really good and they could beat a lot of other teams. Like Clint Capella kind of held that bridge over for when they would go ultra small. Like he wasn't part of that, but he would play in all the other games to help them stay, you know, well suited to beat everyone else. But that's a, that's a, that's the thing we're talking about though. Like Clint Capella for those Rockets teams could be what Jeremy Grant could be for this Warriors team. He'd be that nth player that provides you with, that extra matchup, that second gear that you need against a team like Boston that I think you would need against a team like Miami. And we're looking at Jordan Poole. Yeah, he helps Steph Curry stay so good on offense, but the things he takes away from you on the defensive end and the versatility that Draymond Green is trying to instill in a team, you have a player that's taking that off? That 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 might be the difference. I think you're all over it with that. I got two predictions um, in, in this outside of what I've already said. Um, and that is number one. Draymond has to miss a game because of flagrant foul uh, accumulation issues um, that are will rear its head from earlier in the Memphis series and all that stuff. Uh, th- that's my first prediction because uh, it's going to be a Grant Williams Draymond Green encounter and something's going to happen there. So that's my first prediction. My second prediction is that we see and this kind of goes more with what we were just talking about. We're going to see the decline of Jordan Poole minutes throughout the series. And an increase of Gary Payton in the second minutes throughout the series. I think what you end up finding is Golden State says, you know what? We're okay with Gary Payton um, being the second guy because then it makes you know someone like Derek White a little bit less useful. Um, it, because what we're going to do is we're going to be stashing, you know, um, uh, well, 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 we'll stash Gary Payton either in the corner to catch and shoot threes, which what's the point of Derek White there? Or we will go ahead and use him in the short roll, and you're you really don't want to have that type of. I think that could pose some problems um, uh, for, for for Boston a little bit in those unique things if Gary Payton is playing well, which he can do, but you know it's it's he's one of those role players, one of those swing guys. Um, but defensively, he could. He could change. He could change a bit for them, right? If, if he's the one getting into uh, Jalen Brown and, and, and making, you know, causing some issues. I know. I know that he's, um, you know, s- smaller uh, than, than Jalen Brown is. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Like he's he's one of the he's best. Not defenders. that much smaller than Oladipo, and Oladipo's yeah, yeah. not even a good defender. He just gets steals. Yeah, and, and so like he's one of the he's one of the best uh, you know guard defenders we have in the league, and so. Uh, that's what I. That's where I see this going with Kerr. Like I think that he wants. He'll want to start out with Pool, because Pool has helped get them this far. Um, but I think that when he's you start, you know, oh man, there's the leaky, there's the leaky pipe. Let's go ahead and and reinforce it a little bit. I I, I, I see that happening as the series goes on, and it, you know maybe it comes down to Gary Payton the second making a couple threes in a game seven or not. I don't know. I see. I, I and I've said it you know, plenty of times. I think the Celtics are the better team in this series. I think that they have all the advantages. I think it takes some ungodly good play from a Stephen Curry to make this the series we want to see, which is highly competitive games. And you know who give, who cares who wins? You're talking about a defensive substitution to enable the Warriors to stay in these games. Is there a alternative that we see just a flat out offensive display. Like, is there, is there a, is there, there a series for Namda Bielitsa? Is there a series for Damian Lee just being out there to shoot 40% from three? Like he has for a couple seasons. Like, is that an option for a team like the Warriors who 
maybe they say just spread the floor, let Draymond and, and Curry slice and dice with both their passing and then Curry's shooting ability. Like, do you think that's a different option versus like cutting pull off and trying to lock down defense? Like, do they have the personnel to do defensively? Well, they're way closer to having the explosive offense, I would think. I think if you start seeing, well, first of all, I don't think you see Bielitsa much unless he's, uh, unless Jordan Poole's not there. Like, let me look. I don't think you see Jordan Poole and Bielitsa on the floor at the same time. As, like, now we're just opening the floodgates. And I don't, I don't know. I, I trust Boston's defense enough to have that not be a huge, huge, huge issue. Um, but if you want to give them kind of a different look and tilt the floor a little bit and have it be, hey, we, we got a big who can space out maybe we want robert williams maybe we think he'll get stashed there um as opposed to being you know on someone else and hey, now we've got to have them he has to cover more ground than maybe if he was guarding a loony or someone like that i don't know like that's where i see but i don't see that being like big minutes i see that being like hey we need someone to fill these you know eight minutes within it within a game or less like i i see the um, Gary Payton the second decision as being a Miami laid out the laid out the game plan and this is the way that we go through and we're able to execute some of it and I think that ends up being a larger chunk of minutes than what we might talk about with the Bielitsa or or a Damian Lee or anything like that. Um, and I don't think we see much Moody. I don't think we see much Kaminga. I think it was nice to kind of be able to throw them out there in the earlier series when it, eh, you know, these teams that we really aren't that that afraid of, um, give them good. But I don't, I don't think you see them here against this team. These are the best best matchups, best teams that either have seen, and that makes sense. We're in the finals. Yep, it's, it's just so interesting to me, and I wonder if the Gary Payton just makes that big of a difference because this Warriors team had the best defensive rating in the regular season. They were the number one defensive rated team in the regular season. I know that's not the whole season. I mean, I know it's like that's indicative of how they played for an overall chunk. And I think a team like the Warriors, with a Draymond Green specifically, knows how to get, or Steve Kerr is a really solid coach, knows how to just get people to play to a disadvantage more often than not. Go ahead. Boston you have was to say. Two. Boston was two. They um, were. We talked about we talked about this earlier on. The thing is that looking at it, like. Boston's defense, I think, is is more translatable to the playoffs because again they don't have those leaky pipes. Um, they they I mean unless they decide to put them on the floor for whatever reason, like they don't have them. Uh, whereas the the guys who really impact things for the Warriors, like Poole and and so like that you do. Um, and in the regular season where you're not you know game planning up and trying to exploit every single little weakness that's we just got to get through this february game like i don't think that shows up as much um and i think some of the early on when, when the refs were getting a little you know uh fr- frisky with with the new implementation i think that that helped uh buoy them for for a bit not they don't have a good like they have a good defense like they're one of the best best defenses in the league as well but i think that there's i think that there's places to exploit the question is can they do? Do they just say, you know what, we're gonna do? We're gonna get Jordan Poole out there, and we're gonna have him guard Marcus Smart, and we're gonna try to make Marcus Smart shoot Boston out of the series. <laughs> I mean, that's that, the Jedi mind trick. I don't know. That was the last five minutes of the fourth quarter of Game Seven for the Heat. They said, just double. Anytime Tatum and Brown get the ball, force it out of their hands. Pray Marcus Smart thinks he's the guy to win the game, and it almost worked. Almost got away with it too. It wasn't for those meddling kids. Yep. Uh, Boston and six. I'm, Boston and six, man. I I just don't see the Warriors having it. I I don't think the Warriors would have beat the Heat. I don't think they'd beat Boston. I I just don't think. I think the two best teams for a seven game series that were in this reg in in. I think the three best teams to win a seven-game series were all in the East. I think it's Boston, Heat, and the Bucks. I think all three of those teams were better than any team in the Western Conference this year. I Going into things, I would have agreed with you, um, with the exception of Phoenix, but then whatever happened, happened, and I, I don't – I have no answers there. I just can't say anything there. Um 
No, I'm playing a result there. Yeah. I had five teams with a, champ- a, cha- a chance of the championship, and it yeah. was the Warriors, Phoenix, the Phoenix, Heat, Boston, and, and Milwaukee. Yeah. Those are the yeah. five teams I had with a chance to win the championship this year. Yeah. Milton injury. Um, whatever happened in Phoenix, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. The Warriors are here. The Celtics are here. The Heat lost to the Celtics. Like, I will say, I, I feel like I nailed the big picture of the postseason minus whatever happened in Phoenix. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what? Let's like briefly let's talk about for a second. I know we've talked about it before. They don't have dudes. You talk about the role players for the Suns compared to like the role players for the Celtics. None of them are like positive plus plus defenders. They're all capable, but they're not good. Are you talking about Bridges or Bridges or... isn't a role player. He's their th- he's oh. their he's him and Aiton. Him, Aiton, and Paul Booker, those are all those, they're the good okay. players. Okay. okay. I, I don't consider right, Bridges okay. a role player. If I, okay. I'm thinking of Cam Johnson. I'm thinking of Landry Schmidt. I'm thinking about Jay Crowder. Well, Cam, I'm thinking Cam about, Johnson was a problem. Um, yeah, which he bad I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. But I didn't see it being that severe anyway. Yeah, like just come here. <laughs> like let's. Yeah, I did. I didn't see that. Um, uh, it, it's a problem. I mean, they, they have issues. Uh, and. I don't know what's going to happen with that team this offseason. There's going to be there's going to be some problems, I think. Um man, you paid Landry Shamit. What a mistake. Oh man. Oh, well, we don't really paid him early. What the, a mistake. The, the one thing that Bill Simmons has ever had right is the Landry Shamit face. Listen, we, we listen, we we can't we can't bring Bill Simmons into this podcast. Don't want it. Don't want it, especially with the Celtics. Good things happen to the Celtics and us both of us picking them as we can't we can't do that come on we can't stand for something like that like it's true he's a he's a scam but we're, uh, he's gonna be a very happy man and he is gonna be a very happy two, man at the end two of two weeks time <laughs> oh man well ethan we talked about it i'm sure that we will check in uh at some point part way through um and uh you know what even though I think Bosco and can't I can't I root for the Warriors still? Oh, I'm rooting for the. I'm rooting to be so wrong. I hope I have so much egg on my face. I make an omelet.